0: Welcome back to the
1: Focus Target Podcast, this is your host Smiley with me today, Van and Chai. Good
0: afternoon. Howdy. Sup, homie.
2: And we are
1: here with episode 53 of the Focus Target Podcast, recorded July 22nd, year of our Lord 2020. And today uh, we're going to have a difficult conversation insofar as we're going to be talking about gif- difficulty uh difficulty in video games um i'm sorry that was bad
2: that uh, might be a, good you might should roll with it be a a topic
1: <laughs> it might be <laughs> we'll see how difficult it really is for us to know, get seems, through seems like a hard topic to me we'll see if we can we'll see if we fill, see <laughs> we fill the whole hour with it i don't know if we will or not um but We'll do the best we can, but before that, before our the, our main course, if you will, we always have a question of the day, and today's question of the day, you know, last week we did a good disc in the drive episode. If you want to hear what games we've been playing, you can go back and check that one out, and uh, today I'm going to ask a question that's related, um, and my question is, what game do you wish was in your drive? What disc do you wish was in your drive, as it were? If you could play any game right now, as soon as this podcast's over, if you could go boot up a system of your choice and play a game, old, new, released, unreleased, real, imaginary, what would it be? Um, I'm going to start with Van this time. Van. Yo. What is, would you like to see in your drive?
0: So this may come as a shocker to our listeners, but you may have you say, heard if of... You say,
1: you say Half-Life 3.
0: <laughs> You're done. Alright, so because that's clearly implied, I'm going to switch my answer. So... <laughs> um, there's a game i've had my eye on for a while um watching the release date come up and all that stuff and then for some reason i just forgot when it came out um and that game is called summer of mara summer in mara summer of mara summer in mara or summer of mara and i mentioned it on the podcast before i feel
1: like i heard of that oh maybe that's why i heard of it yeah i mentioned it on the (laughs) podcast before
0: so what it is is it's the best i can infer from videos and all that fun stuff um i don't i don't like to watch too much about games pre-launch because I don't want to I mean spoilers and all that fun stuff right so I don't like in-depth reviews where they go through everything and all that crap Um, but what I can infer so far is that it seems like it's a mix between Stardew Valley meets Animal Crossing and I'm not saying it's as good as either of those games individually but like play-wise context-wise um, that's what it seems like because it has, it, it, according to the videos, it has much more farming than than um, Animal Crossing does, mm-hmm. and it has the. Animal Crossing
1: barely has any farming.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess I mean, there's tree, tree, none.
1: tree, tree planting. Yeah. I guess, but yeah, that's. I, that's know, I, got,
0: a, I got. a pretty that's awesome. Uh, money I, yeah, you got on. flowers and flowers. So, yeah, there's flowers.
1: You too. The, the flower cross sure. pollination is pretty important. Gardening than farming. It is. Yeah. But yeah, I, I take your point. Yeah.
0: So it's, there's a lot more farming involved. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't. I would not say from the videos that it's anywhere near as in-depth as Stardew Valley, which is mm. almost like 90% farming simulator and the rest is so yeah. That could be debatable, combat and all that fun stuff. Great freaking it's game, t- by the way. Stardew Anybody's Valley this, is
1: really the, the, so the package, good. I think. I feel like that so game really good. hit it
0: all. Stardew Valley is everything I ever wanted every other Harvest Moon to be.
1: Yeah, and That's probably the I best agree. way to sum it up. I agree. Yeah. The, char- the characters are good. The <laughs> combat's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but but it also takes villager and exploration beyond what um, Animal Crossing would be. So, yeah, yeah it's just kind of hmm. this, this weird mix, but uh, it came out already. Um, oh, it did? The art What's style, it yeah, it came out already. What's uh, the system? Actually, I think everything. So oh. Nintendo Switch, PC, um, maybe not the, 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 the two main consoles, PS4, but definitely and Switch. Switch and PC um okay. at the very least so have to look but i have seen it on steam and it's on the nintendo store as well already so so i might have to go back there and boot that up the only reason i haven't stepped into it is because like i said it's a, it's very similar to Stardew or to um animal crossing but i'm still like playing animal crossing a lot so i don't really right. <laughs> i don't want to play a lesser clone that's kind of a hybrid between that and stardew so anyways okay. i feel like i've taken up a lot of time on this simple question that's um right.
1: but that was it we're not going to be able to fill the difficulty question the difficulty yes. for right, alien, right? We sure never sure do. We we always have plenty of time at the end. All right, Shy, what about you? What game do you wish was in your drive today?
2: Um I'm gonna pick a game also that just came out. Um a game called oh. Ghosts of Tsushima. Have you guys seen anything about I've this game? I've been seeing everything about that game. It came out for PlayStation Four. Um, one of the reasons why it's not on my, dri- my, uh, in my drive because I don't have a PS Four anymore. Um, but every once in a while, the game comes out that makes me wish that I had one. Um, it I feel like it's a
1: cycle with you, Shy. <laughs> I feel yeah, like and and I'm, a, not buying, I'm not buying. I'm not buying a PS Four for this
2: game. Nope,
0: because I won't. I won't keep it. So. <laughs> you just bought a Switch <laughs> and, um, for summer of Mara. Yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? That's what I was doing. Um, so the game is. Uh, I don't know a lot about the game, but uh, it looks—it looks like a. It's an action. I know it's a third-person action game, which is right up my alley. Um, you know, I wish that more first-person action games were actually third-person action games. I would have said Cyberpunk, 2077, but it's mm. a first-person game, which is a huge. Oh, game. it is. You know, yes um oh i
1: didn't realize that
2: it's very much like a fallout or like uh oh, that is like, disappointing uh, i like
1: i'm i'm 100 percent with you on that well, if it, really was like witcher, it was
2: like witcher steampunk version. witcher like i would have been all about that um so we'll see but sorry ghost of tsushima third person action game takes place in uh I guess it's Japan or China. I don't know exactly the exact locale. Oh. It's in the Far East. Um, and it deals Depends with basically, up. you guys might know the answer to this based on, on what it is, but it's when the Mongols invade. Did the Mongols invade Japan or was it just, they, I know they invaded China, right? I think just um, China. Isn't that the, did, th- the theme did, behind did, Mulan? Um, yes. yes, yes but, uh, It's also, you know, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yes, that's true.
2: So apparently the game follows the main character who is a samurai and he's part of like the, the few samurai that, that can stand up against the Mongols and they get defeated and, but he survives. And so the game basically, I think from my understanding is he basically a samurai, a man who's been raised to fight with honor, you know, fight face to face with his enemies has to basically become a guerrilla fighter and not to his, you know, he's not happy about it. Like he he feels ashamed. He feels upset about this, but he has to basically like, run around like a ninja in the shadows taking on enemies and so just i think that whole that whole interplay seems really cool kind of like this warrior who's kind of having to like do what he has to do for the country his country but not exactly feeling good about it but and it just looks the game looks beautiful um and i like i like third person action games i don't it doesn't look exactly like souls games like maybe a little bit less kind of punishing um (laughs) maybe a little more um enjoyable but yeah i I know Um, that
0: feeling of having to become a killer combatant when you really just want to be passive and you know there was a D&D character I played once where I was a monk and <laughs> I used to rip hearts out and <laughs> spines when I was trying to just be like the nicest character ever uh, I remember that so I get it all right um, it's funny how D&D
1: teaches you about life right
0: summer in mara and it's available for everything
1: okay and what was yours again shot one more time
2: ghosts of Tsushima.
1: Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I know that something there's some there's definitely some information I'm missing there because I know the Mongols invaded China. They invaded a lot of places. I didn't think they ever invaded Japan, but maybe they did. But I also know that Samurais are Japanese, not Chinese. Maybe there were Chinese Samurais. I don't think so, though. I should
2: just do a fact so like, check. Is yeah,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. But it does sound like a cool game. It does sound like, like I do like games like that, um, and especially the ones that aren't on the incredibly punishing side. Like I tried to get into Dark Souls. I'm just too much of a perfectionist in those type of games.
2: Yeah. Which all is right. right it revolves around Jin Sakai, one of the last samurai on Tsushima Island during the first Mongol invasion of Japan in
0: 1274.
1: Oh, OK. Some facts. There you go, from uh, Wikipedia. I, I, I never so take that, take that. everyone <laughs> know it's worth. Entertainment
0: is. and a history lesson for all you there kids you who it. aren't going to school right now.
1: Well, let's move on to the sports section of the newspaper then. Um, so my game uh, that I wish was in my drive is actually um, NHL 2021. Um, the reason for that is I we mentioned I think on this podcast a couple weeks ago that we got NBA 2K20 for free on PlayStation Network this last month. And uh, so I've been playing that. I've been playing the the be a pro, like, you know, career mode, my career. And um, I haven't nearly been enjoying it as much as I did NBA 2K16 back in the day. Like, I don't know why. There's just something like, there's, there's just little things that I find less enjoyable. Like they made a couple things better, but more I, I find myself actually wishing I was playing NBA 2K16. But even more than that, I feel like I wish I was playing a hockey version of that game. Like I was like, I would much rather play like, like, like I, what I love about be a pro in the NBA series is that like you just play one character. And so you're responsible for what that character does. You're not always the person with the ball, always taking the shot. Like Mm -hmm. you play defense, you play off ball, like trying to, you know, get open for people and, and, put screens down for people and like it kind of makes you feel like you're actually playing playing the game because you're just focused on one character in a way that playing as the whole team doesn't do and I, it made me want to do that for a hockey game it's like i would really enjoy doing the be the pro through a hockey team and like i know the nhl so much better than i do the nba i'm so much more into hockey but like from everything i've seen in red nba 2k 20 is really not very good <laughs> and the be a pro mode in that game is really like everybody says like they need to step it up and kind of use NBA, the NBA 2K series as an example mm-hmm. because they know how to do it right, and the NHL series has not really done a good job with it. So um, I'm hopeful. I know they're talking about 2K21, which they just announced was going to be released in October of this year, um, that they're re- redoing a bunch of the modes to make them better. And um, I think that a lot of people are hoping that that is going to include the be a pro mode. So I might give 2K21 a chance. I haven't bought an NHL 2K game since like, so I'm trying to look on my bookshelf. I think 2K10, maybe 2K7. I can't see. But um, yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm willing to give it a try. Just, I guess I'm ready for hockey to be back. It's so.
0: got the uh, artwork. Was it uh, Jonathan Quick?
1: Uh, I don't think it's out yet. I don't think it's been released. I think people are actually thinking it might be McKinnon um, hmm. from Colorado. So if that happens and I have to get it, like <laughs> got to honor my boy, you know? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's between him, dry sidle and somebody else. Um, maybe Taylor hall. I don't remember, but um, yeah, so that's it. So that's, those, those are the games that we want in our drive. You are fair listeners. If you have a game that you wish you were playing and uh, you could let us know why. Our, contact information will be provided at the end of the show and we'd love to hear from you so let's get to the meat of it gentlemen and that is difficulty in video games there's a lot to get to here so let's talk about just like video game difficulty over time to kind of set the groundwork so tell me if you guys disagree with my vision of of how i feel like video game difficulty has progressed over the years in my point of view we started at almost a peak level of difficulty early on in arcade games really were made to be difficult because you were paying to continue playing them so there was a level of difficulty that was inherent in the business model that like you don't want to be able to have someone put a quarter in and you know play for the rest of their life you want them to fail die lose whatever frequently so that they have to keep putting in more quarters and keep playing that really transferred i think to the early nintendo era where like some of those old nintendo games were just brutal some of the most brutal i've ever played Goblins really ghouls. demanding like, ghosts and goblins yeah or ghosts and goblins yeah notably uh-huh. one
0: of the most difficult games ever we'll get
1: to, we'll get to that one i i own that game still do um
0: i think nasty, we all own it if we own game. a switch isn't it not yet Uh-oh. oh oh yeah, is. Is i think it, it is emulated is the on the Switch. There? I is think so.
1: I think. Oh, maybe you're right.
0: Not to verify, uh, but I think it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have. I have the old. Uh, the old cartridge for my Nintendo. But that's neither here nor there. Um. So we we have no, this that's, really.
2: That's precisely height- here.
1: I guess that is precisely here. I mean, that's what um, we're talking about. But it's not here because it's there. It's up in my. It's up in my bedroom. Stuff. Are you talking about here
0: it's, as in a physical context, yes, or here yes. as in like involved we're, in this conversation? Well, then,
2: wouldn't it be there if it's not here? Ooh,
1: that's that's what I'm getting at. Like we're really getting confused here, and our listeners are just like, <laughs> why do I listen? We to
2: need this
0: to point? do a language podcast. That's we the do need to do here. language. Oh my podcast. god, that would, that would be, be a fun good. one.
1: I think that would be a really good one. Put that on the. Put that on the. Uh, put that in the bank. All right. Um. Anyway so nintendo era pretty pretty high level of difficulty and a lot across a lot of different genres like if you go back and play dragon warrior or final fantasy one like those games are notably more difficult i think than a lot of the final fantasy games uh, and dragon warrior games that follow i think dragon warrior was dragon warrior one but then they took it to the japanese name which was dragon quest so that's probably
0: what contra if was, road oh, blaster contra just, oh,
2: man. spy hunter
0: spy, oh, was man, spy that hunter was, was
2: that the car was that the top yes. down yeah. car i yes. never oh my gosh i could never live in that game so that hard. It was five or ten minutes. It was it terrible. Was.
1: so those <laughs> games were nasty right then you got to the super <laughs> nintendo era the sega genesis era still a lot of challenging games but definitely it came down right became a little bit more mainstream a lot of those games were challenging but not kind of the same kind of punishing that a lot of the early nintendo games were um, and then I believe we kind of kind of sloped down as, as we got to the N64 era, mm-hmm. even the PlayStation era. Not that there weren't hard games here or there, challenging games here and there, but by and large, it seemed like games really kind of got watered down. As games became more mainstream, they wanted to be more approachable. They wanted younger, you know, newer players to be able to come in and not be, um, you know, turned off by, by extreme difficulties. And for a long time, we got to the point where people really just thought games were really easy and there was kind of a a mentality a zeitgeist out there, where it was like the thought is the games are not really hard at all anymore, especially compared to the old stuff. And so then we kind of had a little bit of a course correction where you got games like Dark Souls and some of the newer games that came out with the intent of being very, very hard and very, uh, very challenging and kind of going back to that old school mentality. And so now I think we're kind of in a, a pretty balanced place where we have a wide variety of where we have some games that are meant to be very hard, and others that are still pretty approachable. Would you guys, you guys have anything to add to that? or um,
0: I think there's a lot there to chew on. There is. There's a lot to talk about there, too. Because, like, I guess, I think your bigger point, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that games were hard in the beginning. Games got easy. Now we're at a pretty good balance. Like, sure. over time. That's so
1: you're saying I, I talked a little bit too no, much No, no, I'm there. saying and that's I, an oversimplification. I, I could have sped that up a little bit.
0: Good I'm feedback. saying that's an oversimplification. <laughs> I, I think there's more to it, though. I mean, like, like in many things, and everything's not just black and white. I, I agree with your premise, though. Um, okay. But I also think that there's, like, specific consoles that continue to take gaming in a specific direction. Like, for example, Nintendo, I think whereas Nintendo previously was that hard, I don't know if they ever really course-corrected. Uh, I think for the most part they know their audience or want to know their audience, which is a younger audience. It's a more family oriented mm-hmm. audience. So games come out for that. I don't know if they're that difficult. Like I would, geez, on the, on the switch lately that I've played, I would say difficulty um, probably a game we were talking about earlier, Breath of the Wild. It's probably one of the hardest games on that. On that. That's,
1: a, that's the game I was thinking of. And, yeah. um,
0: but everything else, you know, like even yeah. Pokemon, Pokemon God, the original Pokemon on Game Boy was hard as hell. It was yeah. great. It was hard. It was grindy. I died a now lot every, in that game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh for sure. Always. And it was it was terrible. it was there was a fear of dying, right? Which made yeah. that game amazing because yeah. like you ventured out and took the wrong place or you even got poisoned and you didn't have any oh, any yeah. You were fucked. Like you would count the steps. Okay, if I go this way because yeah. there were no diagonals, right? So yeah, you're like, was, okay, I know if I move three points I'll be able to make it into the Yeah, anyways, I digress. So I feel like Nintendo is con- continued down the way of making games easier and really hasn't taken that step back. But I think makers in the other genres for the most part have. I also think there's this weird element of where MMOs came into play, right? Like in the mid nineties to late nineties, like. I didn't play EQ or any of those things, um, but, like, people were saying, those are really, uh, EverQuest and stuff like that, like, they were very, very difficult games. I did play Final Fantasy XI, which came out 20, she's 20 years after Nintendo launched, or s- around there, and that game was extremely difficult, so, I don't know, I think I mean, yeah, mean, there's a lot I- to dissect there.
1: We have a friend of the podcast, uh, Chains, who was a long-time EverQuest player back in the day, and uh, we've talked. I've talked with him a lot about that game, and yeah, I've, I think what we know from Final Fantasy XI, like as many games now are spiritual successors to WoW. They are um, progeny in the WoW lineage. Yeah, so to speak. Um Final Fantasy Eleven was progeny in the EverQuest lineage. Like oh, okay. File Fantasy Eleven was based on EverQuest in a lot of ways. A lot of the mechanics like you would be very familiar with EverQuest. Like if you played it, I think. I think you'd see a lot of things that you're like, oh, that's totally the same as what we did in eleven. Um, and so it was. I think EverQuest was a lot more difficult, is what I understand. Um, and even WoW, like even by like WoW was a lot more approachable than a lot of MMOs. But I think even by today's standards, WoW was pretty pretty
2: easy and pretty simple
0: like yeah this is what all. i've heard yeah uh, i mean i've played it 12 times so
2: shy what do you think I, mean, I think that's why classic wow had such an appeal right because mm-hmm. it, it was so different than what the current iteration of wow is yes. whatever that is um having played it like twice um i think the question i would add and we might get to this later on looking at our outline but uh i think a big thing to bring up is that i believe Most arcade games as well as I think a lot of the early NES games didn't have difficulty levels I true, believe yeah. and so that I think one of the reasons true. they were so hard was because they just they just were what they were. You couldn't choose to make play it easier than what it was. so the developers probably had to create like either they just made it really hard or they defined some level they thought the average gamer could do. And at that point maybe gamers just weren't as good. Um, I think that's something we could talk about as well, is just the aptitude of gamers over the over the years, you know, as people as it becomes more of a lifestyle as you've been playing since you're a child, like I think proficiency improves. But I think um, I think really some of the standout, and I think we'll get to specific titles at the end of the podcast, but I think some of the standout games over the past like decade or two, kind of in that valley that you are talking about where it seemed like games had gotten easier were games that at like normal difficulty were brutally hard or seemed brutally hard. You know, I think they kind of took people aback. Like, wait, this is yeah. what I would expect from like the hard or hardest difficulty in a game, not like normal floor level difficulty. Um, and so I think those are the ones that kind of, made people take a step back and be like,
0: what's going on here? Why is this game so hard? Um, I want to, if I can, talk about aptitude of gamers that you mentioned. Because, like, I, I I, always wondered that also. Like, did games get easier or did I just get – become a better gamer? Um, did I have better equipment or peripherals or whatever? And I bought into that for a while. I was like, oh, clearly I had to have because of inference. I've been playing games for 20 years, thus I should be better. Um, but then I go back and play these older games on Nintendo, and I suck just as much, if not worse, than I did before. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm a better gamer or not. I don't know. It just seems <laughs> it seems contradictory to say, like, yes, I have a much higher aptitude, but yet I still suck at these games.
1: I think a lot of the early games in the Nintendo and arcade era were... Games that you got good at not through some kind of skill. Not That's that there true. wasn't a manual dexterity involved, but like a lot of it was learning patterns. So much of it was just pattern recognition and yeah. knowing when to jump, when to dodge, when to yeah. roll, when
0: to do this, that, or the other thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of twitch play too, right? So yeah, like where absolutely. you just had to be yeah. reactive we and all have that. Have good stuff, reflexes. Yeah.
1: I always remember I, I think I might have told the story on the podcast before. I can't remember. Um, but my son, when my son was very young, he had he was he was a game, playing games. He played games, he played he had beaten Final Fantasy Four with me. So like he played Final as he all by himself and i tried to introduce him once to to super mario brothers the original and i was shocked by how bad he was at it to start like yeah. i would like i was just like i ex- i didn't expect that because it's like he knows how to play games he's very he's got good dexterity but like there's something that you have to learn how to play a platformer if you've never played before, and like even I think with my wife watching her play uh games a little bit, like she's never been a huge gamer, like just watching her in Animal Crossing when she first started playing it to now, like how much more easily she accesses the menus and maneuvers her character and yep. switches tools. Like at first it was very clunky and it was like it took her forever to like switch between the the shovel and the bug catching net, but now she's just like bam 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 bam, and it's like. You, it's funny what you learn and how quickly you pick things up just by just by playing, um, and so I think that does that does come into play.
2: Um, so, I wonder too if uh, yeah, there was something to do with the transition between two D and three D. Like I wonder yeah. if if you talk to gaming purists or even developers, I wonder if anyone would ever say that a three D game could be as. Um, precise as a 2d game i think that you know when you talk about 2d games you can really get down to like the pixels and very like you're only working on two dimensions whereas a 3d game you're you're, you're trying to deal with all three axes and just especially like action games. I wonder if that like, especially during that initial transition, like the PlayStation era, if maybe a lot of difficulty dropped off because developers just didn't know how to make that super precise. And I wonder if even Mm, today, like I wonder if like, I wonder if even today, if they've really got that like to the same level of precision. Cause I think like you talk about like fighters, like, like, like fighting games, you know, 1v1 fighting games. I think that's the idea is still that there's not a lot of 3D games out there but I think the idea is that the 2D games are still the most precise, most, uh, like, pixel, right. you know, perfect fighting games. Like, they have the most
0: secure hitboxes, would you say? The most accurate hitboxes?
2: Uh, you might you might say that.
0: <laughs> One might say that. I think you bring up a really, really good point, though, because, yeah. like, the thread is still the same, whether it's a side-scroller or a 3D game, right? Like, you have a a mob who wants to attack you, but yet your only options in a side-scroller are to either jump to evade or move back to evade. And in a 3D game, you can go side, you can go sideways, you can go forward, you can go backwards, you can go up, you can go down. Like, side to side. (laughs) Unintended, but you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of different ways. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, I think you're, I think you have a, I think you're onto something there, Shy. So either you make the the impact of the damage significantly more, which then just feels cheated, um, or you just deal with hey, it's it's a little easier to evade this incoming combat or something. That's a really great point.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. One other aspect that we should probably talk about is uh, the the you know they say that man is the most dangerous game, and that is a game being like game that you would hunt, not like the game that you would play. Sorry, I felt I should clarify that concerning the podcast's contents. But multiplayer, right? Like when when you were a kid, like the quality of your competition depended on who lived in your neighborhood or maybe who lived in your house right now almost i to say almost but so many games have a competitive multiplayer aspect where you can play with people all over the globe um, which is a difficult like do you, do you guys think and I'll I'll ask Shy this first do you think that developers maybe have over time let pvp be the difficulty Instead of make, designing games, in, like for games that offer PvP, right? To say, we don't need feel like we need to make the AI that great. We're going to let people play other people. And like they're never we're, nothing we can design is ever going to give you as much challenge as playing another person.
2: I think what I would say to that is, I think you're right. They're never going to create an AI that's as good as playing someone else. I think that the two, I think hope, the two gates, not. I think the two gates are, I think PvP as far as like free flowing difficulty and like free form. If you really want to like live in that world of like, I don't know what's gonna happen. I just gotta be on my on the ball, ready to do whatever. And then I think if you talk about like gear gating difficulty, you start getting into stuff like Destiny or Final Fantasy 14 raids where it's like a system of memorization. You know, like it's all about like if you're pushing the envelope, you don't have the gear, whatever, it's it's just running it over and over, get you know, memorizing it, and you know, just pushing on slowly that way.
0: I think that's certainly yeah. true in first person shooters. Mm-hmm. Like I don't wanna say nobody, but you don't buy Call of Duty and you don't buy um battlefield for the story mode right story modes are usually really short six to eight hours maybe tops Um, you play those to learn the vehicles and any new elements that have been introduced in this year's iteration of those first-person shooters but um what once was um you know heavily story-based is now very loose um they're still good stories but really you buy those games to do the PVP matches afterwards, after you learn how to play it. So I would certainly agree with that uh, with regards to FPSs.
1: Well, that kind of actually leads us in a little bit uh, what Shai was saying about different types of difficulty. Like, you know, when we talk about what does difficulty mean, the, there's a lot of different things that it can mean in different in different games right so there's like when you're talking about the difficulty of the the old the older games kind of nintendo games and stuff like i think a lot of that did come from the things that shy was talking about like like requiring a precision of movement and perhaps to van's point like a limited number of options where like you could only do a couple different things so to make it hard like they made you be very quick to react and very precise in how you did it uh, a game that always comes to mind for that is like the teenage mutant ninja turtles nes game the original like a lot of people are familiar with the underwater stage that was in the second world of that where you had to navigate the electrical that was like, the worst seaweed and like that game like haunts people because like you had to be so precise like and like you're using like such in imprecise controls in a lot of cases, you know? I hate like, water
0: levels in any game. <laughs> uh,
1: so you've got difficulty like that and then you've also got a different type of difficulty, which is uh, maybe what I was alluding to with a gear grind, which is the difficulty of time, right? That like how much are you going to invest in something to build yourself up? This is kind of an RPG difficulty, right? Like how much do you have to grind, whether it's EXP or gear or you know, maybe you could even make the argument that you have to grind a memorization, like do something over and over until you really understand it. Like how much of monotony is equal to difficulty? Um, so let's start with that before we get into judgments. So just what do you guys think? Do you, is there anything else you can think of or or how do you react to that as far as what what other types of difficulty are there and and that I'm not thinking of?
2: Fan or shy? Sounds like no, Take it away, go. Shy. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think the one thing I mentioned earlier is just like, you can set difficulty as well. I think that's something mm. that's worth mentioning. That we, you know, it's, it's yeah. just, just difficulty levels that the um, developers put in. And I, I think that's actually interesting. Like then there's the whole conversation of what actually goes into that. You know, I think recently, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember if it was on this podcast where I was just talking to you, Smiley, about it in person. But recently I was playing some Persona 4 Golden on Steam. And when you change the difficulty on that game, it actually tells you what is changing in the game, like why it's actually harder. And so it actually tells you like, you do you know, less or more damage based on the difficulty and like enemies have less or more health or your items do less or more healing. So it's very transparent, but those are all different like kind of categories of how you can make a game more difficult, you know, at different, at different difficulty levels.
0: That's a good point. I mean, that, why don't we go directly to the developers, right? And and I've seen what you're talking about also, like uh, using this uh, level of difficulty will create XYZ. And oftentimes it has to do with fewer lives or a, a lesser life bar, right? Fewer hit points, um, or the mobs do more damage, or you don't find as many items. So if you're playing like a first-person shooter, like ammo is going to be much more restrictive. Um, so I don't, I don't, there's just a lot of elements that could be added into what makes a game difficult or not, but those things are typically um, reserved when changing difficulty levels in games and stuff like that.
2: I think something that might be worth mentioning as well, and it's not exactly uh, difficulty related, I think, but it's more like, I think when you think of, when I think of difficulty, I think of like caution, like kind of when something's more harder, like the players is, potentially more cautious, like they're a little bit slower, a little more thoughtful about the circumstances. And I think, I don't think we thought about, had talked about thinking about, talking about this, but I was thinking of hardcore modes in games. Like I think of like Mm. Diablo Three hardcore, you know, Smiley and I had played, uh, started a campaign doing that uh, back in the day. And I think, I think that's, yeah, I mean, once again, not that that's specifically harder than another game mode, but the fact that like- Harder Yeah, (laughs) the fact that if you die, you lose everything, you know, you actually only have one life and potentially a long-term gameplay experience as a whole i don't know just a whole different i don't know like i said I, I, I don't know if that is difficulty but it uh it's a different play style
1: the other um the other thing that the the couple other measurements that they can use is um is time right so speed forcing you to not just yep. do something do it quick within a time limit or a turn limit in some, in some games. Um, Additionally, you know, what about things like scarcity? You know, like I think of a game like resident evil that we've talked about a little bit where like that game is a lot more difficult. All those games in that series are a lot more difficult because you don't get enough bullets. To shoot everything you don't get enough healing items to keep you healed up you don't get enough save ribbons in the older ones to save as much as you want and so when everything is scarce and you have to really consider how like it kind of goes hand in hand with which i was saying about caution right like you have to be thoughtful about everything you use every time you pull that trigger you know like you're down a couple more bullets and like are you going to need that later um and so that leads us into a, que- a question about um kind of like a normative judging of difficulty so like what things when you're we probably should have i I changed up the order a little bit now we probably should have talked about our own preferences first maybe we'll get to that but like when we talk about difficulty what do you think constitutes like which of all these things we've talked about do you feel like are good ways to increase the difficulty versus ways that are kind of lazy and slow and i'll start with the one that van didn't mention this when he was talking about the modifiers that they tend to use but the big one i always think of is enemy health Right? In so many games, they, the difficulty a lot of times just equates to how many times you have to hit something before it dies. And that can get really uh, annoying. Like That's uh, a type of difficulty modification that I think to an extent is necessary, but oftentimes is a lazy way out. You just double everything's health and say, well, now it's a lot harder because you have to dodge perfectly for an extra five minutes before you can kill it instead of just you know the first minute and a half. Um, that's the one that always comes to my mind of things that I don't like. What about you guys? What, what do you think makes, what, what do you think, what do you think are the best ways to increase the difficulty without increasing the frustration, Potentially a good difficulty increase,
0: if you will. That's hard. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. Cause there's like, we just defined, right. There's so many different elements in difficulty, I think. So the first thing that comes to mind is that you take all those elements and you increase them by like a few, percentage points, as opposed to taking one and extremely emphasizing that one. So So varying varying the modifiers. Yeah, exactly. So instead of bringing your timer from, you got a minute to clear this to 10 seconds to clear this, you better just start thinking on your toes quickly to, yeah, you got less time. You got like 45 seconds, but you also have a couple less jumps are available or whatever we're talking about in our our mythical game. But yeah, I I think a balanced approach is better than a singular and a singular issue being changed.
2: Shai, any thoughts? I have, I have some, uh, I have some other examples of difficulty types that I, I don't like. Um, okay, yeah, it. I think. I mean, I think you guys both touch on time. I think that's a horrible, horrible way to to do difficulty. Is like stressing the kit player out based on like a time limit. I think that. I don't know we all fight with time anyway time is the great enemy of all man so why i mean i just remember
0: precious resource
2: i don't know if this is a a difficult conversation i remember like so many people hated uh the final fantasy 13 the third one uh lightning returns because i think the game itself is timed if if i understand correctly i've never played it but i think you have a certain amount of time to beat that game which is like counter counter like to all final fantasy games or like a jrpg in general like theoretically yeah. you have as much time as you want in this world to do whatever you want but instead the game had a clock that basically counted down um and honestly i think my biggest um difficulty um type that i like um modifier that i hate in modern action games and it just bugs the crap out of me is the stamina bar and i, I just i so i cut my teeth like with 3d action games with like the double May cry series the ninja Gaiden reboot on xbox and like god of war like that kind of whole saga like I think when 3d action games kind of made a comeback and you know, you could do, you could evade however much you wanted. You could attack however much you wanted. You weren't like constrained by this like stamina bar. And I, if you guys have mentioned mess within the dark souls games, or I know Smiley's familiar with the stamina bar with witcher. Um, but uh, that's just like the big thing nowadays with 3d action games is you have a stamina bar and you can only, you know, dodge so many times. You only attack so many times before you become fatigued. It's very realistic. I get it. That, that makes sense. It's, but I don't, Always play a game for realism, and yeah. I would find that more frustrating than not. I'm like I find myself, you know, you just find yourself in the middle of a battle, stopping, and and uh, you know, not able to do anything.
1: Yeah. Well, I wonder. You know, you get into a little bit like things like that. I think exist because because of people's abuse of things in the past, right? Like people got so good at just being able to dodge everything. That yeah. it was just like okay, like if we let you dodge infinitely, you're never gonna get touched. So we need to put something in there to make you do something else. And we're kind of a victim of our own success as a species in that regard, mm-hmm. I think.
0: That's funny because the first instance of that that comes to mind is Counter Strike when people used to bunny hop while shooting. So <laughs> so like you're coming up against first this person, first person shooter, and you would literally bunny hop and you and and it, you jump you jumped unrealistically high in that game (laughs) and people would just continue to bunny hop while they were shooting you. So what they ended up doing was they said, okay, you could jump high the first time, but every subsequent hop after that, you're going to get dead footed. And I was like, huh, but it was, but that I think was a good course correction because like you mentioned, people would abuse it and they're like, okay, we'll stop abusing it. And we're not going to have you bunny hop. So then people tried, they just started being flat footed and getting (laughs) torn up. So we're just a wealth of video game knowledge on this podcast, aren't we? we sure are.
1: Well, that's kind of our deal.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> that's kind of, kind of what we do.
1: So maybe this is a little bit out of order. I we probably should have done it earlier, but let's talk about our own kind of preferences in difficulty and, and, and game. Um, really. I want to talk about, you know, when you play a game, what do you, what do you play for? Do you play mostly for entertainment or do you play more for like a challenge or the rewarding feeling that it comes from? And, or maybe you do, maybe it depends on the genre. So before we get into our actual game, well, yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll go with that. So think about that in terms of that. And then let's talk about the games that we found to kind of hit, hit those marks, right? Like what are some games that you feel like have been um, the right level of difficulty for you and why? And then other games that have been maybe either not the right level of difficulty or the wrong kind of difficulty for you and 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 expand on that so we'll go around so pick a game or two and and and, uh and we'll we'll kind of take turns going so let's start with shy
2: um i would say that traditionally um i do play games more for story and enjoyment as opposed for as opposed to challenge i would when i started out gaming I think I used to, I don't know that I ever like just always booted up the easy mode of games, but like I never definitely would have ventured into probably hard difficulties. It was probably always at least normal if there were difficulty modes at all. And so I think a good example of a game that like I, that even to this day, if I play it, I play out like normal or less. Would be like the Dynasty Warrior games. Like I don't play Dynasty yeah. Warriors for difficulty. I play those games to run into mobs of th- hundreds of men and just mow them down. And so like I know that if you put those up, the difficulties up, like they can become more challenging. And that's not what I'm interested in those games. Like I just want to cut down a bunch of fools. So I think that'd be a good example of a of kind of a game that uh, is up my alley.
1: Well, boy, I mean that's a great example for me. I would say of a game that does difficulty the wrong way and i completely agree with you i always play on normal with dynasty warriors because i my in my experience and there's a lot of dynasty warriors games haven't played them all most of the ones i've played when you crank that difficulty up that just means that exactly what i talked about before the health bars get like four times as long and your damage your attacks do shit and so you just sit there like it's like chopping a tree you're just like stabbing and cutting and and the bar's going like yeah And it takes like twenty minutes just to like kill some dude who actually isn't you know, and then if he attacks you, you die in one hit so like that's a that's that's a great example of a game. I feel like that di- increased difficulty is very frustrating and not very uh enjoyable whereas like there's ways I think they could have made it more enjoyable like I think if they would made the difficulty so that the the littler characters were a little bit more dangerous uh they attacked you more if they had made it so you had more enemies to fight um that could be that could be a cool way to do that but yeah i i love the dynasty wars series but i am not interested in playing it on anything other than like normal because it just gets kind of silly um so I kind of put the cart before the horse on that one. I didn't really talk about what I like. Maybe you can infer that from that. I'm, I'm, I agree with Sean, though. I'm very much of a I'm, – I'm, my default is normal. Like, I, if I'm going to play a game, unless I know it's a game that I, I like the challenge on, I'd like to play it through on normal. And there's definitely some games uh, – Kingdom Hearts is a great example of a game that I played through on normal. I beat it. I loved it so much I wanted to replay. It. And when I played through it again, I did crank it up. To, to the most difficult setting to to kind of give myself another added level of challenge. Uh, same thing with The Witcher. Like I played through The Witcher on normal first and I was able to beat it uh, and it took like 150 hours or something crazy. And then because I loved it so much, I wanted to go back through and play it again, but I wanted to play it on the hardest level. I wanted to play it on, is it Death March? I think yeah. is the hardest. And so like, that's kind of the way I approach it. So I don't mind a challenge, but I want it to be on a game that, Uh, I feel like I already have some mastery of it. I'm looking for something to keep it fresh. I'm not the kind of person who picks up a game I've never played and say, well, let's put it on difficult and just see, you know, see how it goes. Um, And also because I just don't trust games to do difficulty the right way. I think Hmm. too many times they're lazy and like difficulty just means annoying or frustrating and not uh, fulfilling. So, so yeah, uh, I've talked a lot. So let's go to Van. Van, what about you?
0: Yeah, same. Um, I start with normal also. I feel like it's, like it's the medium right so it's it's the best gauge of is this too easy you could crank it up to harder or if it's too hard you can always come back to normal plus um i don't know if there's an ego thing i don't want to go below normal (laughs) but i do i I do certainly play i do certainly play the games um more for content and experience and story as opposed to like super difficult challenge which um so i i typically start normal as well um it's kind of counterintuitive though, because I feel like one of the best game actually maybe it's not maybe it's not not counterintuitive, maybe it's not contradictory is the word I was thinking. Because Final Fantasy Eleven, I'd love that difficulty. But like to define that difficulty would take another podcast. But that's not an easy game. Um it's yeah, I guess I guess we're going back to the original like definition of difficulty with that, right? right? That's
1: right. So different types of difficulty, right? Like you may play an action game or a, a game you know that is more about dexterity and and timing yeah. like that's a different type of difficulty than the kind of difficulty that you get from an from a mmo or an rpg yeah. in a lot of cases right from
0: loyalty from coming back from doing what you need to 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 get where you want to go and all that fun stuff right dedicating that time again well, and
2: I—I yeah. would even throw it. I, you know, we didn't really talk a lot, a lot about MMO difficulty because it's like you said, it's harder to find. But I think with eleven, I think, and you know, I think one reason why our group of players kind of formed bonds that have kind of stuck for so long, and why we kind of, um, I mean, why we played together so much, was I think really like when you get to eleven, you, the difficulty was in the people you were playing with. I mean, so point. many That's people who really played that point. game were jokers and you just couldn't do difficult content with them. You, you couldn't even like run an EXP party with them for God's one, sake. One, <laughs> one clown ruined your entire yeah. afternoon. And, Literally and, your entire afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think like one thing that like the, you know, eight to 10 people that we would play with regularly was you just like you would run with people and be like, oh, this person is dependable. And you know what? Hey, they're fun to play with, you know, and like they know how to play their job and they pay attention, you know, like so much in that game, like Black Mage stuns and stuff like that required like split second like 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 not even split second reaction speed it was attentiveness it was like no you had to be watching watching for the move watching proactive and and just you so many gamers are just jokers and you know i think that like that was something that so i would say that like honestly like your allies are your you know your strong you know your strongest or weakest links
1: my uh, friends are my power
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i I think um, i think a game that did really well um as far as difficulty just happens to be one of my favorite games also is Legend of Zelda and Link to the Past I mean, then that, that game did really really well um yeah. you had difficult encounters you didn't have a ton of life all the time by the time you did have a ton of life things were a lot more difficult to combat anyways they were hitting harder you needed better weapons if you didn't have the good enough weapons and you were SOL until you did and I don't know it just overall it, it felt really well and balanced so
1: dude i that's that's a great point i never really thought about legend of zelda link to the past being that way but it's so true because i remember how when i was playing that game and like i'm going through and it's like man i haven't found better armor i know there's supposed to be blue armor in this game because i've seen the pictures of it and like i i was after that because you needed better armor than what you had i remember when you finally get it and you're like Yes, blue armor <laughs> All right.
0: Bring <laughs> it on. I could take two hits now instead of one. <laughs> like, that,
1: that that's a great point. That game was very well balanced and, yeah. and it, it it was be it it cool challenging but not too too
0: brutal. Yeah, and it scaled, which like yeah. most games do too, right? Most games are easy easier in the beginning. I guess some, yeah, usually easier in the beginning and then they scale to more difficulty as you get more options and right. stuff, so. I well, think a game right. that did, did a terrible job in my opinion if we can start venturing into Snake this realm. It. I think a a game that did a terrible job was um, a game that I was really excited for, for the Nintendo Switch, which was the first console iteration, uh, uh, hybrid console, since the Nintendo Switch is both handheld and a hybrid, and a a console, but would have been um, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee or Let's Go Pikachu. And that really disappointed me because the whole appeal, I thought we were gonna get Pokemon Red and Blue, Mm -hmm. but in Nintendo Switch, 3D World, just awesome graphics, I thought it was going to be that, and it absolutely wasn't. It was Pokemon Go ported to the Nintendo Switch, and that was super disappointing. Because for those of you who don't know, in Go, the way you do your Pokemon battles in the field when you do your wild encounters is simply to throw a Pokeball continuously, repetitively, until you catch the mob. So there's no poisoning, there's no paralysis, there's nothing to, to, to... you know, debuff increase your, your mobs, yeah, to increase your odds of catching said Pokemon. You literally just throw it. It's it's the dumbest thing ever. But then, but the story was the same, so it was it was stupid. It was stupid, and you got XP just for throwing your Pokeball at a mob. Everybody got XP in your party when <laughs> OG Pokemoners know that it was the only Pokemon that fight fought unless you had I can't remember what the item was, but unless you were carrying the yeah XP
1: share right? Yeah, XP share like unless that, you had XP share? shared
0: on uh, on yeah that would share it with the rest of the people. So super disappointed i knew you were going to
1: say that though because the last time you're at my house ha- not the last time the second to last time you're at my yeah. house you've just gotten that and shy was there too right and yeah, he's like, just, really like, just sitting there he's flicking yeah. pokeballs i'm like yeah and I, I, I wanted you to play it i was like oh you got that i want i want <laughs> to see it like i was thinking about picking that up and you're like here it is and i was like oh all right well thanks you saved me like 50 bucks <laughs> and you That's had like the around.
2: pokeball keychain like they gave you like
0: yes. an extra pokeball or something yes or whatever it did like uh, uh, god is, all i wanted was red on the nintendo switch that's all i wanted that's all everybody wants
2: isn't that um, what the newer pokemon is though basically like isn't it like closer to the red experience um yeah um, Sword oh, shield Sword and shield yeah
0: <clears throat> maybe not quite there sort of i mean it's a whole new world and everything right yeah so
1: you know that's it's a great point i think it's dangerous when you take a game that you really loved and remake it you know yeah. and like really change it like that because it's hard there's there, there's a reason you love that game so much and when you change it like that it's hard to get it right which just this is kind of off topic but just to throw it out there it's really impressive how well they did with the final fantasy 7 remake to take a game that people loved and were so passionate about but like i feel like pretty much everybody agrees that remake was badass like it was really well done they and got you know, it right.
0: If any game was gonna be criticized to the fucking key, like it was gonna be that game.
1: If there was anything to find, people will find it. I'm sure they have, but like, I think I think it just goes to show like how hard it is to do that. Like, that's what I always said about Final Fantasy VII. That's what brought to my mind what you said about Pokemon. Like, all we want is the game that we loved with like badass, awesome graphics on a console that we have active in our house that we don't have to go back and emulate or dig up our old our old machines to play. And, you know, unfortunately, the Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu didn't, it looked like they were going to do that and they kind of let it down. Um, it's cool that Final Fantasy 7 got it right and hopefully their subsequent episodes will continue to get it right. I'm I'm hopeful. Um, all right. Well, uh, I'm going to talk about a game that I, I don't know whether you want to say best or worst difficulty. I'm just going to say maybe the hardest game I've ever played. Um I already mentioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That game was really hard as well. But the game it's that so always hard. sticks out to me is Ghosts and Goblins, which we also touched mm-hmm. on. Uh, and the, the way that, that I always explain that game to people who don't understand. So I played that game a ton when I was a kid. Because when I had my first Nintendo, I only had four games at, uh, early on. Like the, It was the fourth game I got. I had Super Mario Brothers. I had Ducktales, which is an awesome game, and uh, was also very difficult, but that was that was a good level of difficulty, I thought. TA's Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was brutal, and Ghosts and Goblins, like, and I don't even remember why somebody got that for me as a gift, like I didn't even know what it was, and so I I played those all those games a lot because I didn't have that many games to play, and I could never get past like the fourth ish stage of Ghosts and Goblins. I don't even know if it was the fourth one, it was like the fourth area, might have been still part of the third stage. It was so hard. And I played it and played it and played it. I could just never really make any progress. And so then later in life, I came back as Van said, a lot better at games, in my opinion. And I tried to play it again. I could not get any further. And so I, I had a, I was able to find with the power of the internet, which I didn't have as a kid, a bunch of codes that you could put in to like, to like cheat basically. And so I put in a bunch of, cheat codes just because i was like i want to like at least see the later stages you know i want to like at least see what else is there like maybe if i could just get past this part that i have never been able to pass i could at least make some progress even using cheats even using all kinds of advantages, i couldn't get anywhere past that like i just kept dying i couldn't beat anything i'm like i can't even cheat to beat this game it's so hard like it blew my mind that even using ex- exploits, I was not able to even get through the game. And um, that's always just lived in my memory as a game that is just is beyond my capacity to play. Shy, let's go back to you. All
2: right, well, I'm going to... Before I jump into a difficulty I don't like, I do have a final thought on difficulty I do like. And yeah. honestly, it's talking. It's, uh, I have to talk about probably my favorite game of all time. And really the first game that I came to love that... Uh, was hard and that is the i mentioned it briefly but the ninja gaiden reboot on xbox so when they rebooted ninja gaiden on the original xbox which eventually became ninja gaiden black on um which i just say gaiden and gaiden in like two sentences i I think i did did i think i I do that i think i just do that i don't know um that was good and uh (laughs) but that eventually came they 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 remastered that or whatever enhanced that um at for 360 but that game that was and then like when i was talking about game difficulty earlier and that whole like kind of like the switch from no difficulty modes they had to kind of set one difficulty mode to then like giving difficulty modes i think that was one game i remember like i was in college at the time i think that was a game that really took a lot of people back because i i was on a hall like in college with a bunch of guys who were gamers from from young age who all like kind of knew you know we're all we're all that and i think a lot of people like kind of like at college age at that time really getting into gaming and uh and I remember like, I think that game really blew people away. Like, I think, you know, you could look, go into that game, and that game didn't even have an easy mode. Like the lowest difficulty was normal and people just struggled so much. And for some reason I just came to love that game. Uh, it was just great action, great fluidity to the action. And that was a game that, uh, you know, I beat on normal. I think I beat that on hard as well. And I actually started a very hard That's mode. And surprising. that game actually had even a, a, a hard mode above that called like Master Ninja. Um, that was just, I don't know, insane difficulty. Um, that was also a game where the developer really like the team ninja team really had fun with difficulty and i remember like if you couldn't if you died enough times on normal they gave you the option to start to go into an easy mode called nin- ninja dog mode and it would put a pink like armband on your on your arm as a ninja. Um, and it was they're just they're just having fun with the player if you couldn't you know if you couldn't do well um but that game so that game really was the first time that i ever had played a game i think on a hard difficulty and so like since then, I've felt more like I guess let's say, like, not not so scared or not scared or afraid to try games on harder difficulties. So, like, a great example right now would be like Witcher 3. I'm actually trying it on a harder difficulty than normal, and that's kind of upon your recommendation as well, Smiley. You talked about how just kind of that there's a lot of power creep in that game, and so like playing on a harder mode could potentially last longer. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, I think that game really opened my eyes to like, oh man, maybe I could actually try, um, try games that are harder. Now, to talk uh, just about a game that I do think um doesn't do difficulty right and i think so i think jumping into the multiplayer side of things which you might say like how can you do that like you don't know what the difficulty is going to be depending on who you're playing i think that's really why and i think probably a lot of games could benefit from this but a game that comes to mind is league of legends and i know Smiley and i've talked about this a number of times but i think one of the biggest problems with that game is that they don't really have like a beginner queue in that game like when you are playing league of legends like you don't just get teamed up against people who are starting out either and like i think there is you know they say there's some level of matchmaking behind the scenes but i think especially if you're not playing ranked games i think that uh it's just kind of all over the place And especially if you're playing if you could you could match up against someone at your level with like a friend of theirs paired up with them who's like been playing for five years and so i think league of legends is can be very very discouraging game because they don't they don't i don't think they gate um, play time or player capabilities really well. Um, and I think that's one reason why I keep going back to that game, but never stick with it because I just never feel like I'm really matched up against people that um, are at my skill level. That, that, that are on your playing field. Yeah, which maybe there is nobody. Like I suck at that game, but yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why I hate that game. But.
1: You're always better than me. I'll give you that. Um, so to snake it back the other way, uh, I kind of went – again, I'm just all out of order today. I went with a game that I thought was a uh, poor Uh, difficulty rating. I'm going to go to a game that I think is fantastic and um, Shia just hit on it. He just touched on it. And that's uh, the Witcher three. I love the difficulty of that game because it is hard, even on normal. It was, it was challenging to me, somebody who's not all that good at those type of games, but it's, I think the fidelity of movement um, and, and, and the, the control that you have over your character and the, and the way the game balances your skills with like enemy weaknesses and enemy behaviors to know that if you do take the time to do the research and know what you're fighting whether you're fighting a person or a monster what type of monster using the correct tools to fight that type of enemy really makes a big difference in how hard it is and off so many times in that game when i died and i did die frequently even on normal mode like i always knew that i could have done it better like, I didn't feel like the game killed me. I feel like I did not rise to the occasion. If I had been a little bit quicker, if I had been a little smarter and, like, instead of dodged, if I had rolled or if I had used a better item or a better weapon, um, it w- it, I would have gotten, gotten through that. And I think that, to me, is what separates a game that has good difficulty from bad, is when you die do you feel honestly legitimately if you're you know there's there's a type of person who's always going to feel like they're the victim um but if you can look objectively um you know at the if you can look objectively at your death and if you blame yourself that means that's something there's something right about that if Mm -hmm. you know that you you're the reason you died it wasn't the game that killed you you could have done differently whereas there's a lot of games that i've played where like you'd feel like the mechanics of the game have worked Mm -hmm. against you. And uh, we talked a little bit uh, off air about RNG, right? Um, That, sometimes there's just like a randomness that seems to work against you you know especially in collectible card games something like magic the gathering you know whether that's in a video game or just with a real deck of cards sometimes you don't draw what you need sometimes you draw five lands in a row when you really just need a creature and you know that's something that you feel like is outside your control that's the game victimizing you it's like you couldn't have done that any differently you were gonna die no matter what or you were gonna lose no matter what versus when you can take some ownership of it. So I always thought Witcher 3 did a great job of mm. making you feel in control uh, of your character and responsible for your outcomes.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably the best way to sum up, in my opinion, for me, a good level of difficulty is when you feel that you had a chance, but not for your own actions is why you died or yes. didn't pass the stage or whatever. Right. And I think as long as the developers give you that, um, while still not making it too easy to where you're always successful, um, I think you're going to find that that right balance that you're seeking.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to find that, right? Like it takes it takes a lot a really good game developer to find. Well, a it's good different balance. for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it really is. So, How do you make it so that it, that and like I think the best games too, <clears throat> like keep that in mind. Like they keep the 80 20 rule in mind right like there's always going to be people who are going to call your game the easiest piece of shit game that they've ever played what a joke and how can anybody find this difficult and there's always going to be people who are like this game is impossible nobody could be expected to do this like i'm sorry i'm not a freaking wizard when it comes to games i have a real life 40 hours a day 40 hours yeah exactly right but but like if if the, the companies that keep in mind like the majority of people and say let's balance it so that most people find this engaging um like I, th- I do think a lot of a lot of companies cater to the loud people who
0: i i do know, too and who trash it for being too a easy a whole nother podcast
1: A whole yeah, yeah it podcast. is that could we could go we go on that shy you got anything else on this i think the, like you did.
2: no i just i think the the feeling especially like like you talk about the witcher 3 i was talking about ninja gaiden i think um the feeling of playing a game, like you said, and like Van said, where you feel like you had a chance and then you put some time into a boss fight or into an encounter and eventually you topple that thing. Like the mm. feeling of accomplishment is just great. I think that it really is. builds to that. And I think that's why, you know, I think we like, so 11 is once again, a great example, like why, you know, like we'd work on a on a boss and work on our tactics and eventually knock it down. And that's why we like that game so much. And, and as opposed to other games we played where, you know, either it just felt like just a gear aspect or, you know, Um, team jump rope as you could say
1: yes let's talk about team jump rope because you know I wasn't going to let us get through this podcast without bringing up Final Fantasy 14 um, as another example of game a different type of difficulty that I just that I find a little bit reprehensible and um, it was very interesting because coming from exactly what you said with Final Fantasy 11 there were some some there was a lot of difficult content in that game and it took us a long time to pass. And I remember the feeling of accomplishment we got when we cleared like the COP storyline or when we took down Alexander in, uh, in one of the really tough fights or, you know, some of the, is the uh, Abyssia fights that we were able to, to clear. Like I remember when Shy, when Shy, myself and uh, Rido did, um, did Kree and Croyan for the first time as a low man and how awesome that was. Cause I didn't even know if it could be done and we did it. And it was like, we're so awesome. Like that was amazing. And we got, we got good rewards for it, but we also had that feeling of accomplishment and that was something that I really missed from Final Fantasy 14, which really had um, a very like repeat it until you do it perfectly mentality to their end game mm-hmm. where like you had eight people and they all had to do their job, not a hundred percent, but like probably ninety-five percent correctly. Like you could you could make a little mistake here and there. Somebody could play a little bit wrong. You could even sometimes, as as you got better and and you know got further along and got better gear, you could obviously make up for more mistakes. But early on, when you're first tackling the content at at the kind of the base level, like you had to have eight people play perfect for ten or fifteen minutes uh, to do as we came to call it team jump rope which is like everybody has to go to the right place at the right time in the right sequence and then you can clear it and whilst you know it, i think a lot of people really thrive on a game like that and, and so i'm not trying to knock it universally i just don't think it was for me because it especially as we went on and on it took so long and so much repetition where we've spent hours and hours failing uh, you know, we'd get down the first half of the fight and then the mechanics would change. And every time we died, we'd have to go back to the beginning and do that first part again perfectly without, you know, because we used to die there if we, if we got lazy or we got tired or we got lax. And then we get to the second part to start over learning something new to get through it. And like, I remember after clearing, I don't remember what, what it was. It was one of the, I think it was another Alexander, another instance of a, of a type of Alexander where we had spent days working on this one and we finally cleared it and I didn't have that sense of accomplishment. I had a sense of relief, but like, it didn't feel like I had done something amazing. It felt like, how did I spend so much of my life doing that? Like what a waste, like I could have been doing so much other stuff and then you combine that with the fact that i thought the rewards the gear progression in that game was awful as well and like it it really just didn't end up being a game for me but um that was a very different type of difficulty that i really found was not my style so yeah take it 14 i you knew i was coming for you
0: that was ultimately where i left 14 was that exact yep. reason that you surmised better than i i could so i feel like destiny had a little bit of that too
1: destiny did have a little bit of that too yes very absolutely so, yeah. destiny 2 did as well yeah. um and destiny 2 though Destiny 2 was a little bit better, too, because it did have that fidelity. Like, like, that was one of those games that was so, like, the controls were so tight. You did take, like, I guess it's true in 14 as well. Like, you did take responsibility. It kind of goes against what I said before. Like, you knew when the death was your fault. Like, you knew what was expected of you, not to stand in this position or not to go over here or whatever. But it didn't matter because it was so, maybe to your point earlier, Van, that, like, there's a point where you can make it so hard that it's not a reasonable expectation that you should be able to pass it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's where, where it kind of comes down. Then any other things for you as we finish up the, the tale of snake here, you're good. Nothing else you want to touch on. All right. Well, um, I guess that's, I guess that's our discussion of difficulty. I think, you know, we didn't really get into as much, um, the entertainment versus challenge and reward. Maybe we'll we'll come back to that in another podcast or as a as a question of the day one day. But uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to to say speak about this before we wrap this up and go to the spiel? Van, shy. Everybody's good. All right. Well, if you, our fair listener, have something you want to say about uh, difficulty in video games, difficulty in games in general, if you've got a game that you played that you thought was so well balanced or a game that you hated because it was poorly balanced either too hard or too easy we would love to hear about it you know we've got a twitter account at focus target we've got a youtube page focus target podcast you can leave a comment on there um or you can send us an email focus target podcast at gmail.com we would love to hear some feedback from you hear what what games do you think were difficult what games didn't we mention that were real ball busters there were a lot out there i know there's a lot we didn't even get to um, so that's been episode 53 focus target podcast. Thanks for being here. I was your host, Smiley.
0: So shy. And I'm Van. as always cover us, Porkins. We're out.